the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Money, money, money. That's what it takes. So Apple hit a trillion dollars and the world is freaked out. Do you remember when you were a small child and you learned how to write one to ten and then one to a hundred? And then you learned what's after a hundred? A thousand? Hundred thousand? And these got to be pretty big numbers in your head. And then you were like, teacher, teacher, you're in first grade or second grade. You're like, what's bigger than a million? A billion? What's bigger than a billion? A trillion? So Apple has a trillion dollar market cap at this point in time. That's what it's worth if it were to take all of its shares and sell them. What's fascinating about this, and it is fascinating to me, please don't underestimate this, is how can a trillion, what's after a trillion? I know, I know it's a long way from 999 trillion, 999 billion. Like, I don't even want to do that in my head. So that's a big question. Is it a bazillion? So I'm going to put a new price target on Apple because I was a young child and I was fascinated with the concept of a bazillion. I didn't really like infinity. So I'm going to put a price target on Apple of $1 bazillion. It gets kind of ludicrous, right? And you know that I'm kidding, right? If you had held Apple all this time, you'd be up 47,000%. $10,000 would be worth $6.4 million. I know you're saying that's kind of disappointing. $10,000 would be only worth $6.4 billion? Million? I know. See, I just did it. I, I, I subconsciously wanted to make it worth a billion. Warren Buffett was buying Apple in 2016, and everyone was like, oh, he's getting into old stodgy stock at $100 a share. He's doubled his money since 2016. Have you done that in your house? Uh-uh. Have you done that in real estate? Uh-uh. Have you done it in your baseball cards? Probably not. So that's out there. So who's going to be the next trillion-dollar company? That is the question I ask of you. Will it be Facebook or Google, or will it be Berkshire Hathaway himself, Warren Buffett? I like like ideas like that. I know you're saying, old news, fake news. You may be right. So elsewhere out there, we get, how do I say this? If you listen to Apple's conference call, they talked about, they see cord cutting accelerating. I am about halfway done with my cord cutting, and I'll be completely finished cutting off cable television probably within three months. And it's all going to go to streaming. Now, who's going to dominate streaming? Probably Netflix, right? Maybe we kind of see Disney picking up assets of 21st Century Fox, as that'll be more content to stream. So Disney has a play down the road. It ain't there yet, but they've announced plans for 2019. Who else is going to be a big player in streaming? Probably Apple. Because we're getting to a point where the idea of a TV on a wall feels kind of silly, in my opinion. So the broker advisor for the action on any stocks mentioned on the show. Um, 
<laughs> so today, the jobs report is out there. And it's, it's good. It's not great. It's good. Great's bad news. Good is status quo. And we like a status quo because when things get too hot or too cold, it leads to changes. The demon known versus the demon unknown. Thursday was a big day for the market. Again, you probably won't remember where you were on August 2nd, 2018. I will. I was there watching Apple push towards $1 trillion, which just still blows my mind. You kind of knew it was kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. Now it's probably time where that self-fulfilling prophecy won't be as much of a story because no one will care about a trillion plus a million market cap. No one will care. So self-fulfilling prophecies can and do happen. A headline hit today indicating that China is planning tariffs ranging from 5 to 25% on roughly $60 billion of imported goods from the U.S. I truly believe, like Randy Foster once said, nobody wins, we both lose in trade tariff wars. Maybe that's not exactly what he said, but it was along those lines. When I was younger and skinnier, I kind of looked like Rodney Foster when I wore my glasses. And then I got the eye surgery done. What a waste of money that was. So my, my eyes went back to 2024 about one year, and then they started to fade. And I had this incredibly tough Russian optometrist. And uh, when they're, they're, they're dilating your eyes and... I don't know if she was an optometrist. She was an eye surgeon, whoever fixed my eyes. I don't know if it's an optometrist. But so I'm laying there, and I don't like my eyes being touched. And, you know, I probably started not crying like a baby, but probably tearing. And she's holding my head still. She goes, do not move your eye. There's a laser in your eye. Do not move your eye. And, um, well, that was a waste of money. So it gave me 2020 insight for about a year. Um, but I don't wear glasses. So there's some Goldilocks going on in the market right now. When we take a look at the employment situation, the trade concern chatters out there. So the employment's check. It's good. The trade concern, we don't know yet. China's stance makes it clear that it isn't going to be intimidated by the United States. At the same time, China's uh, position should not come at as a surprise. Uh, they're offering a little, they're not offering, they're just, they're being a little bit nicer about it than the U.S., the payrolls came out today, and they increased by 157,000 over the past three months. Job gains have averaged 224,000 per month. So 157,000 is less than 224,000. And that tells you that maybe things are cooling off a bit. Goldilocksian is good. June exports were $1.5 billion less than May exports, while June imports were $1.6 billion more than May imports. So the trade deficit widened. And that ain't a good thing if you're Donald Trump. Because he's kind of running on his re-election and mid-year campaign, midterm campaign, as I'm going to shrink that deficit. I'm going to build that wall. Man, when is the wall going to come into a story? I've been focusing today on how the 10-year Treasury was a story at the beginning of the year as it marches towards 3%. And inflation is not a story. Deflation is not a story. Uh, jobs is okay. But now we're focused on trade tariffs and situations like that. So that's all out there. Um, big stories of the day, China plans tariffs, trade deficit widens, U.S. companies create fewer jobs. Um, I would say that's, this is all leaning slightly negative, right? In my book. I don't know about your book. What book are you reading? So let's hit some of the top stories of the day, some of the top stocks of the day. Fiat Chrysler. I once bought, I know that you're saying, don't tell me a story about when you were 16. When I was 16, 
I once bought two barrels of auto parts. No, 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 it wasn't two barrels. I'm sorry. It was 12 barrels of auto parts. They're all Fiat Spiders uh, from a junkyard. And me and my friend built two Fiat Spiders over the summer. And what I learned was cars are preventative maintenance. You have to really stay on top of them or they fall apart. Um, but I learned how to make cars. Fiat Chrysler is going to stick with plans to spin off its Magneti Morelli unit. That's in the news. Eh. GM seeking an exemption to a 25% U.S. tariff for its Buick Envision sports utility vehicle. The Envision is made in China and accounts for about 19% of the Buick brand in the United States. Toyota reported a better-than-expected quarter. So the, the news out there is okay. Satellite TV operator Dish Networks beat expectations on both the top and bottom lines, but they continue to lose pay TV subscribers. Again, back to the cord cutting. Who's the winner? Dish has a play. Apple has a play for sure. Netflix has a play. GoPro. Uh, I don't even want to talk about them. High-definition camera makers revenue beat forecast. And they're going to try to be profitable in the second half of the year. Eh, commodity company, in my opinion. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. So I just talked a little bit about a research report that came out of Morgan Stanley. And I follow about 50 software companies, um, not intimately probably about five to ten intimately. But there was some interesting commentary in, you know, Morgan Stanley said these three companies could be hyper-growth companies. But this is not in any way, shape, or form an endorsement for you to go out and buy any of these. You need to consult a broker advisor for taking action any stocks mentioned ever. Yext was one of the names. I had never really known Yext. So guess what I did? I decided to learn more about Yext. Now, Yext is like text, but with a Y. So let's start there, right? Yext helps companies manage their digital information to help their customers get the right information at the right time. You know, kind of like the Yellow Pages. Yext is a play on the page, Yellow Pages. The company's cloud-based software platform, also known as the Yext Knowledge Engine, lets businesses sync their digital knowledge to more than 100 services including Apple Maps, Bing, Cortana, Facebook, Google, Google Maps, Instagram, Siri, and Yelp. The Yext platform organizes the data into information consumers can easily use. Some of their customers include companies like Ben & Jerry's, Best Buy, Citibank, Denny's, H&R Block, HCA, Infinity, Michaels, McDonald's, uh, Rite Aid. And I throw that up there because those are all very diverse businesses. They're not you know, software for cars. So that guy's out there as far as a stock idea. And, you know, I'm always going to, I'm going to be honest with you, I'm always going to be kind of interested in new stocks, new ideas. Don't you kind of enjoy the smartphone when one of your friends goes, I think the, the computer was invented in the year four, and you're like, it wasn't invented in the year four. And you're like, let's go to the internet, because the internet is all truth and fact. So the next company I was looking at on this list is a company called MongoDB. So I'll take now, Yext impressed me enough that I'll be like, I'll take a look at that. 
you know, I could do a little bit of homework on that one. I, I got nothing to do today. Yext is a pioneer in the category known as digital knowledge management. I'll order their financials later today. Yext's mission is to give companies control over their brand experience across the digital universe. Their mission is to give companies control over their brand. Yext provides more detailed data for consumers. For example, who doesn't love a good example? The address, phone number, and menu details of a restaurant. So, you want Taco Bell? You want you need the address, you need the phone number, you need the menu details. You go to Open Table, you're like, what are we going to eat tonight? Uh, someone says Mexican. And, Yo you quiero know, Taco Bell. A five-star restaurant comes up right next to Taco Bell, and you're like, let's compare the menus. In healthcare, Yext does a thing. The health insurance is... Uh, accepted by a physician, or the precise drop-off point of the emergency room at a hospital campus. Or in finance, you can look for ATM locations, retail bank holiday hours, or insurance agents' biographies. They are everywhere. Um, So taking a look at some of their numbers, revenues rose 34% last year. Only $48 million. That's not high. But they did rise 34%. For the full year, they expect to lose money, but they also see revenues up to about 224 to 226 million year over year. So they're working right now, as they like to put it, with 230 new enterprise logos. Their long term looks bullish. Investors do not seem too impressed at this point in time, and that first year where insiders are dumping shares and things like that, it could create an opportunity. Before the story's out there. Once the story's out there, good luck. So, stock's big time underperformer, ticker symbol YEXT. Now, is that an endorsement to go out and buy it? It is not. Is it interesting? It is to me. Is it for you? I don't know. So, MongoDB is also on Morgan Stanley's list, and I'm not going to do a whole show dedicated to stocks and other people's ideas. But this is a company that has a place for all the data you're collecting. It's a database software. The company offers open-source software-based database products. Um, some of the people using their services, Amazon, Microsoft, and Google. Hmm. That's pretty interesting, right? Developers can download MongoDB's community server product at no charge. Customers can move up to MongoDB Enterprise Advanced or use its MongoDB Atlas, a database, as a service You've heard of SAAS, Software as a Service. Now there's Database, D-A-A-S. The company offers its products through subscriptions. They raised money and came public in 2017. So both companies have that going for them. That somehow, some way, some shape, some form, they came public in a year that it wasn't easy to get IPOs out there. Now, Yext has done way better than – well, Yext hasn't done way better. MongoDB has done way better is the way I want to say that. So Mongo, Mongo don't like beans. Um, that stock's gone from 20, basically, where it IPO'd, up to about 40. And data's not going away, right? Are you with me against me? Because you got to pick a side. This is a civil war. Wow. Captain America. 
So the SAPs, the Oracles, and the Microsofts of the world, they acquire smaller players. And this is a smaller player. Um, they beat the quarters. They raise on their quarters. Um, it's a nice company. I can already see that from a distance. Is it overpriced? It, it's, it's, it's had a good run. So maybe you put this on a shopping list and go, I'm going to come back to MongoDB because Mongo want candy. Um, is it a stock that you're going to own for the rest of your life? Probably not. That's kind of an important thing to say out loud, right? Probably won't own it for the rest of my life. But could you rent it? Yeah. Own it for a little while, dump it later? Yeah. Absolutely. So anyhow, anyway, I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money. Investing in more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Don't forget, I always have seminars coming up where I will throw out ideas and stocks that I buy and sell. Um, you can sign up for the next event at Rob Black Show, Rob Black Show. For radio users who haven't been to a seminar before, you can use the code Radio25 to get in for free. It's Radio25 to get in for free. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220, KDOW. Epic. Imagine Dragons are going to be playing at Red Rocks this year. Whoa. Do you have anything that's epic to you? Is there a band you want to see before you die? Is there a country you want to visit? I'm all good with that. I think it's a great way to kind of like live your life is to have some bucket list things, right? I want you to keep things pretty cool and casual as well. I don't want you to get too caught up in the status of having a bucket list. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Amazon decided the first thing that it sell was going to be a book. I've had lemonade stands. I never decided to sell everything. So how do you jump from lemonade to I'm going to sell every product in the world? How do you jump from selling a book to I'm going to sell everything? It's pretty practical. So Jeff Bezos talks about a conversation that he had with a former boss. And the internet company and what Bezos decided to sell was a book. Bezos and his boss sat down and came up with a list of things that they could sell from music to office supplies, lingerie, underwear, razors. And the one they came up with was a book for a lot of reasons. There's typically not a lot of book distributors. At the time, there was two, Ingram and Taylor. Ingram and uh, Baker and a company called Taylor. Amazon wouldn't have to get in touch with thousands of book publishers just a few distributors. So you can kind of start seeing where that's going. There's over 3 million books in print, which is a lot more than a bookstore that a company like a Barnes & Noble could stock. So typically you go into a bookstore and you probably don't think, wow, there's 3 million books in here. And sometimes at a bookstore you'll go, hey, I'm looking for the new... Where's your horror section? Because you don't want to say out loud that you read horror books. And you're like, Where, where's that new Stephen King? No, don't read Stephen King. I'm a, I'm a, a literary snob. No, not Stephen King. He's been pretty prolific. As an artist, has he hurt his art by continuing to publish it? I think so. I had this argument just the other day of uh, what makes an artist great. And I'm like, death. Because <laughs> they can't make more of it. So oddly enough... 
become famous as an artist, you almost have to have enough out there that it can drum up interest, but not so much that everyone can have one. So Bezos looked around and he's like, bookstores aren't really bookstores. They're, they're limited books, stores. They're crippled because they can't offer you six million like he could on the internet. And then Amazon began to spread beyond books. At one point in time, they referred to themselves as Earth's biggest bookstore. But they had to change that because they started thinking, what else can we do? They bought a company called Jungly and Planet All. And they started to expand. So, and again, the, the, way they, the way he figured it out was there's two distributors to all these bookstores. He's like, I could be the, the, the bookstore online. I think that's pretty smart. I, I don't know if that made sense to you how simple it was that he figured out bookstores couldn't handle, they couldn't claim to be the biggest bookstore. And doesn't the word biggest automatically uh, scare you some ways? Uh, Huge. Huge. It's like the biggest anaconda. You'd be like, ooh, that's the biggest burrito I've ever seen. You're like, oh. Oh, my, my, my. Be nice. Some money habits have prevented people from earning as much as they can. Um, I've seen a lot of people just make big mistakes. We've all got that friend, the one who's talented, the one who is well-regarded, the one who is accomplished. And you would imagine like they're making a boatload of money, but they're not, or they are, but they're not saving. Oh, that's the, and like you see that person who's, they, they hit kind of an income ceiling and they don't know what to do after that to grow their wealth or to grow their income. Try not to be that person who becomes marginalized, if you could all possibly help it. Um, stay cool. Stay collected when investing. That should be your number one thing that you walk away from the show today, is cool and collected always. There's never an appropriate time for panic. Nearly every major asset class, stocks or bonds or foreign stocks or commodities, they'll go through periods of time when they have negative returns. Or flat returns, but it's also a situation that if you study the history of stocks and bonds and commodities, they've grown in value over time, or they have a growth mechanism like income where they pay you. That's awesome. But sometimes these markets that these assets trade in do get stagnant. I had a great physical fitness year last year, and then doctor said, you need to take three months off, and oh, it's tough to get back out of that stagnation. So to understand your picture you know, of, of these assets, you got to see it as kind of a horse race. Stocks and foreign stocks and bonds and commodities and real estate, you kind of have to say, in lane one, we've got a rental property in Stockton. And there's been years where you, you lose value in the home, but you, maybe your renters did pay. And there's be years where the home does spike up in value because there's a rumor that a train station's coming to town. There's a train station coming to town. Let me tell you, the train station coming to town may be the biggest cliche in video games. And the wild, wild west. We've all seen the movies, right? The westerns, where they're like, it's a house of ill repute and a casino. And like, train station's coming by soon. And when the train comes, everything's a bit different. Jimmy's going to come here and take me away. And I know you're saying, how many cowboys are named Jimmy? There has to be one. Jimmy the Kid? 
Mm, he was Greek, so that was Jimmy the Greek. He was the Greek kid. Anyway, you get the idea of train stations create a lot of value in the world of real estate. <laughs> and it starts with the wild, wild west because they bring people and people bring jobs and jobs bring marriages and marriages bring babies and babies bring suburbs because you can't live in the city with a baby. So, love you. I want you to be a careful driver in life, but also a careful driver in investing. I want you to not get sucked up in the risks of distractions when you drive. I don't want you to get sucked up in the risks of distractions when you invest. There's a Time magazine that I have from 1998, and on the cover is a company called Cybercash. And Time magazine or Newsweek build it as they said the next what was it the next uh, Microsoft and you're like whoa let's think about this now cybercash was headed and started in Reston Virginia and the internet was just really starting to take off and cybercash had the pressure of becoming the next Microsoft and the whole article was like eight companies that could become big I'll go dig it up because I have it I know and maybe I'll, I'll talk about it in the future and tell you how these eight companies did. But they had something called CyberCoin, which was a micropayment system modeled after NetBill, which later licensed it. So it was the cryptocurrency back in 1994, the company was started. So 98 was when it hit Time Magazine. What's that, 10 years ago? It was Bitcoin before Bitcoin. And you'd pay for everything with CyberCash. CyberCash bought IC Verify, makers of computer-based credit card processing software. So they were going to be the company that suddenly didn't have Bitcoin, but they were going to be the transaction company. And then they got hit with the Y2K bug, where they had double recording of credit card payments through their system. CyberCash has already released Y2K-compliant update software before that, but a lot of people hadn't installed it. So the company ultimately goes into bankruptcy. All because of Y2K, when computers would, your birth date went from two digits to four, so to speak. Because computers were kind of, no one lived to 100 when computers were started. So VeriSign acquired CyberCash, the assets. And a couple months later, you know, they're part of PayPal. And PayPal goes on to make big bucks for Elon Musk. And PayPal makes big bucks for eBay, who eventually acquires them. And all this started with CyberCash, which was this great idea. And now Elon Musk is taking some of his CyberCash money that he made with PayPal, which was once a division of CyberCash. And he's literally flying to the moon and becoming an evil dictator. Not an evil dictator, an evil villain. I got to be careful what I say. I think he's building a Death Star, Jeff Bezos, behind the moon. So anyway, that's the story of CyberCash. I knew the company well. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Through the years, I've gone from a, a younger man in radio to a more mature man in radio. <laughs> and I get it. I wish I knew then what I know now kind of thing is, is pretty obvious in the stock market, right? And I remember in the 1990s using terms were pretty common, like diversification, not diversification, but put all your eggs in one basket. And that basket was tech stocks for a little bit of time. It was also finances, financials. 
And the diversification kind of became a good thing in 2000 when there was a big uh, stock market correction from 2000 to 2002, where it took out the tech stocks. The market giveth and the market taketh away. And I don't want to get biblical or anything like that, Anya, but it's a, it's a fair statement <laughs> when you're seeing people who are at lunch buying stocks and asking professionals like, hey, you got a tip or let me give you a tip. That's when it gets kind of crazy. That's one of the things I, I oh. as I've gotten older, I've seen financial planning change. And for instance, I got an email yesterday from a, a man who was very, 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 very sweet, but also very, very naive. Um, he's underperformed the market considerably in his lifetime. Um, he doesn't know what to do. He's asking for advice. And then he says, but I don't want to pay for advice. I'm like, I wasn't trying to hit him up for pain. I'm just saying like, what, what are you averse to? Oh, I want to do it on my own. I'm like, okay. And I just think it's a bad idea. And what's sad about that is, is that sometimes just having that little bit of knowledge that you're smart can get you into a lot of trouble. So because the risks out there, you know, you have to be built for it. Iceman. Val Kilmer's going to be in the next Top Gun. Woohoo! Woohoo! And it's super embarrassing for the Navy because they have a new plane that was supposed to be featured in the movie. But it's not done yet. So they're going to use an older plane. And this is embarrassing for the Navy because it's not going to be cutting edge, right? If you think about it, Top Gun probably recruited a lot of people into the military, making it look kind of cool in its day and age. But Val Kilmer's coming back, as is Tom Cruise. They're just gonna, we're all going to pretend that Top Gun 2 never happened. We're just going to pretend it didn't happen. Keep in mind, Val Kilmer did win Top Pilot that year. He has the plaque, right? He's got the trophy. He can't take trophies away. Remember this movie? This this stops just this one song right now, the Highway to Danielson. I wasn't going to continue talking about Top Gun, but the very first scene in the movie, you would go into consumer electronics stores like Circuit City. Do you remember Circuit City? Or it, it, Best Buy kind of killed Circuit City, and uh oh, Best Buy's in trouble with Amazon, right? But you'd go into Circuit City, and the, the, there'd be a guy who's making a commission. And he'd bring you into the, the stereo room or the TV room. He had to close the door, and then he'd turn Top Gun up. He'd show you the TV and, like, look at the resolution on this puppy. It's 480. It's like, okay? No, 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 no. See these big pixels? But no, they, 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 they kind of had, they, it was their go-to move. Put in a DVD or a laser disc of uh, Top Gun. Okay, that's just kind of a crazy memory for me. Right now, what is very, very sexy is financial tech as far as investment goes. So if you're thinking about, like, I want to get outsized gains, keep in mind, the bigger gain you go for, the bigger loss you're going to aim for, too, or maybe potentially hit. But fintech is is kind of a marvel right now, whether you're PayPal or your Square or your Visa or MasterCard. You're at the heart of what's happening right now. You know, Visa, you go, and, oh, they're an old company. I don't want to own them. I want to own... And maybe it's Robinhood or, I don't know, some sort of fintech company. Venmo, right? Well, Venmo is owned by PayPal, so scratch that. Oh, then you want to own Apple Pay, or Apple Pay is not really telling us how much they're doing. They kind of do. They kind of don't. It's better than expected kind of thing. But, okay, so I would own those companies, MasterCard, Visa. I would own PayPal. I would own Square. 
Um, and Visa's not stupid. Visa's got their, like, they own some of the smaller companies that will IPO. And it's probably a safer way for you to play it that way than it is to try to go out and own the IPO. Because when you go out and buy an IPO, anyone who's ever, you know, a lot of people have made money inside the company on their shares that they bought for 10 cents and stock options. And then now suddenly they're worth 16 bucks. A lot of CEOs, a lot of secretaries say, I'm going to buy a boat. You know, I got this at dirt cheap level. So IPOs are a little bit, you have to love boat. Meryl Steuben, may he rest in peace. Dead or not dead? I don't know. I'm just going to kind of assume he is. Exciting. Later today, we're going to see the headline, Anthony Bourdain. Dead. Suicide. But then Captain Steuben right next to him is going to get buried behind it. Because he wasn't as big of a celebrity in the last 40 years. 50 years? 50? Oh my gosh, it's almost 50 years. Love Boat was like late 70s, wasn't it? Or early 80s? Maybe, uh, maybe early 80s. Late 70s, maybe. Wow. Yeah, he's dead. Whoa. Yeah. Dirt nap for sure. Dirt nap or no dirt nap. So um, anyway, I'm, I've totally digressed. Financial tech's really hot and sexy right now. And you may be tempted to get into some of the edgier names that will get acquired, but they will be acquired by the bigger boys. If Apple needs a transacting technology, they'll acquire it. If Apple needs a branding company, they'll acquire it. If Apple needs a, a company that does transactions uh, through hot air balloons, they'll acquire it. So the big names in financial tech, in my opinion, MasterCard, Visa, PayPal, Square. To start, start your research there. Or FinTech, Google Today, FinTech, F-I-N-T-E-C-H. But don't do it on your Android because that might be breaking European laws. I'm Rob Black. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.